story super fascinating. The the uh, the title of the DEA sting they had on you was Operation Cyber Juice. What a great fucking name! It has a nice ring to it. Yeah, yeah. So for for me and for the people listening, give me just a, a brief background on how you got into this whole world of testosterone and growth hormone and all this stuff. It started when when I was younger, probably about. 13. I used to, I was underdeveloped. Um, I was skinny, small. Um, I used to get, and I started to get picked on for being so skinny and small. So at that point I hit the gym and I never looked back, but, um, I was still behind all my peers. Like I would, no matter how much work I did, it seemed like I had to put in twice the amount of work to get, you know, to where my peers were. And if my peers you know, did any kind of work that would vet surpass me. So at 23, I did my first testosterone cycle. I actually did some one milliliter of sustenon a week for anybody who knows what that is. It's like a testosterone blend and 10 milligrams of D-ball a day, which is a very moderate blend. Now, you know, at the time it was, you know, all I could take or afford, but mm-hmm. it's a very moderate blend. And um, I hyper responded, which means it just absolutely dramatically changed the quality of my life. I put on 30 pounds of muscle. Um, I put a hundred pounds on my bench in five weeks. I just absolutely transformed into a different person. Wow. So, and this, so this led to a lot of other changes. Uh, the, the way people treated me, the way people saw me, all of a sudden I was getting respect. Suddenly, you know, I was this, this big, very impressive looking person who, who everybody wanted to befriend. And, um, uh, so like, for instance, like I would, you know, now I would walk into a bar and everybody's head would turn and the, it would part in front of, like the crowd would part in front of me and let me just, you know, to let me pass. Um, I had a, while I was in college, I was a plumber and I hated this job. I was terrible at it. But as soon as I started taking steroids, my boss, just because of my impressive stature would, um, he gave me a raise for no reason, absolutely no reason. Like, um, the world around me just changed. Everybody treated me. I was suddenly respected. Uh, um, and the world after testosterone and its derivatives was vastly better than the world before. So that's what led to the passion. Mm-hmm. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've always thought my, my personal, I've never had, I've never tried any of this stuff, but my personal experience of it was that when you were too, if you do it too young, it kind of like stunts you for the rest of your life or it kind of fucks up the biochemistry of your body and the development of your body and the natural testosterone that your body produces. You know, that's interesting. And the popular thing is to, is to, you know, 
say that and regurgitate those facts that, that you've read. Now, if people start at too young, like, you know, before maturity, like, you know, in their teens, like, uh, you know, 13 or something, mm -hmm. it, you know, that's a different, that's different than using it after maturity, such as, uh, you know, in your early 20s. Mm -hmm. It's um, for me, for many people, especially it's getting more and more understood that there's a lot of people who have lower hormones even in the in their 20s. Mm -hmm. And and that has the same effect that it did for me, just absolutely dramatically improving your quality of life. So to answer your question, when you take exogenous testosterone, or that's testosterone from the outside, it does shut off your natural production. But that natural production can be brought back to baseline if, um, and there's plenty of anecdotal and, and empirical evidence that shows that, you know, after about a year, if you take it for, you know, about a year, and this is all just approximate, just because there's, there's a lot of different, you know, a lot of evidence and a lot of different conjectures, but, you know, around a year, you can go out, then go on a protocol that will to jumpstart your HPTA, which is your hypothyroid pituitary testicular access and, and bring your levels back to baseline, back to whatever they were oh, really? before you started. So, okay. so the, the whole idea is of, and a lot of people just preach this, but it's really re just regurgitation of antiquated notions and dogma. And I'll say that a lot because there's a lot of antiquated notions and dogma from the endocrine society, which has been widely debunked and we're still debunking to these, uh, to this day. Mm. But, um, you know, only long-term abusive use, long-term use or abusive use will, will, you know, has been proven to, to permanently, um, affect your, your natural testosterone production. The other reason that I never really like the, an another one of those kind of like negative effects that I've always been aware of is like the gut that people get like the steroid gut. Like one of the people that is most widely known for it is Joe Rogan. Yeah. I mean, he talks wide, uh, you know, openly about mm -hmm. taking TRT and, and growth hormone since he was, you know, for years mm -hmm. since he was probably in his thirties and he has that like crazy, yeah. like bold gut. And a lot of people talk about that. Yeah. How, uh, how real is that? And is that what his gut is from the testosterone and the, and the testosterone replacement therapy? Yeah. So that's an interesting question. And, and when you do research on that, nobody knows exactly the, mm -hmm. the real, the real reason that happens is there's a lot of different conjectures. All the know. bodybuilders too. Like if they'll yeah. see them out there, they'll have a big bubble gut. Yeah. And you do notice it. And, um, but if you notice when the bodybuilders go on stage, it's gone. Right. Mm. So, so when it's time for a show, so is it a function of the calorie intake that they have to have uh, in order to put on all the muscle mass. And then, you know, by showtime, they can reduce that. Um, is it a function of a lot of people say, oh, yeah, stuff makes your organs grow. Well, that's not that's not necessarily accurate. Mm. Yeah. Doesn't um, it make not, your heart grow like over, like in large heart? Well, I have yes. a friend who does it who's been doing it for years, too. And he says he has to always go get his heart X-rayed to make sure his heart's not super enlarged. Abusive levels can cause ventricle hypertrophy which means uh, an enlarged heart okay it can abusive levels but uh -huh. but if you keep it to moderate levels that you know that is within the realm of what your body would naturally produce mm -hmm. then then it doesn't cause you know these issues so there's a there's a complete and and that's where uh, you know among the uh, among the naysayers of you know testosterone or the people who try to try to um uh i don't know say that it's more dangerous than it actually is mm -hmm. there, there's not a distinction between abusive 
use of testosterone or testosterone or its derivatives and, and safe moderate use. Anything taken in high doses is bad for you. You can, you can die from water. If you drink too much water, you will yeah. die. That's a fact. But, and, and that distinction isn't made, uh, you know, through a lot of, a lot of people speak out against, you know, against the use of mm-hmm. testosterone and especially, like, especially younger people. I'm talking about people in their twenties. Mm. Um, why, why, why would people speak out against it? Like, I don't understand why would people, I mean, I understand like people like myself, I'm kind of like scared to try it. Right. I don't know what's going to fuck my body up, but like people, why would people be so, so anti? It, and it comes down to a very, it took a very similar path to marijuana. Right. So if we look at the history of marijuana, there was in the fifties, there was a, there was something called reefer madness. Now mm-hmm. you and I don't remember this. I learned about it, but um, older people will actually remember reefer madness where um, that led to all the laws against marijuana that led to the mm-hmm. its classification as a as a narcotic narcotic. But it reefer madness came out and actually taught people that if you smoke marijuana, you would go crazy. You would end up in an insane asylum. And it was it was almost certain death. Right. Um, it took how long? Uh, let's see. Just now, like maybe 40 years since the 50s, uh, four decades, yeah. over four decades to finally debunk those myths, which. Yeah are just, you know, just now coming into light that well, this actually isn't very dangerous. It's, it's, uh, it's actually very helpful in a lot of instances mm-hmm. and it has, it has a uh, medical use and therapeutic use. Right. It's the same thing with testosterone. So it's, it was, especially when the war on drugs was going on. So testosterone became, uh, became classified as a controlled substance, a schedule three controlled substance in 1993, the steroid control act. It happened at a time when the platform that every president was running on was say no to drugs, war on drugs, right? This was, this was just the platform they used to get elected. You know? mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's a political time. thing. It's a, it's a political thing. And, and it just got lumped into these drugs that are dangerous. All drugs are dangerous, uh, mm-hmm. make them illegal. And, and so just a, a stigma started and the, part of the reason why the medical community and the endo, endocrinology, uh, the endocrine society, which has notoriously poor protocols and an understanding of, of these hormones. Um, it, you know, that's, that's when the, it was just kind of for optics reasons, it, they just stayed away from it, shied mm-hmm. away from it, tried to, you know, everything, you mm-hmm. know, poor information came out of, about it that, that led to a negative light and it just was stigmatized. So right. now we have dogma and antiquated notions that stigmatize something and it's, testosterone is being realized for the beneficial beneficial mm-hmm. drug that it is but it's taking a long time just like mm-hmm. it did with marijuana it's following the same exact path so how did you transition from you know using it personally seeing how it changed your life and the way you're, you're changing your relationships and everything else how did you tr- eventually get into selling this stuff and like having your own online business mm-hmm. that's that's so you are, and then you pitched it to Shark Tank too. Is that right? It, Shark Tank, was, I yeah. There there was an article that came out about myself, Shark Tank, and steroids, which was which was just incorrect. It was it had incorrect information. I did almost get on Shark Tank, but it okay. was for my my supplement company. Okay, I had a supplement company too. Um, you know, which was uh, called My Custom Protein, and it it, it uh, I customized protein blends for each person depending on what they needed to yield the best results for them. Hmm. Um, and that almost made it to Shark Tank. I, I was very close. Um, but, uh, okay, so, so back to, you know, how I, how I got into this. So at the time, 
when I was 23, when I was taking this, I was in, in college for biochemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, and this passion, this new passion that I developed for this led me to tailor my degree. I started taking all the courses to learn specifically about hormones. And, um, and then I did my own research, just I voraciously just studied and researched every day. Like I, I just, it was just fascinating to me. So when, when I eventually learned a lot and I was learning in school as well, um, other people saw my transition and they wanted to know how I did it, or, you know, logically. And so when I started showing people exactly like, well, okay, this is how we do it. You know, this is, this is where we can get it. Uh, and, um, you know, this is what you should do. Here's the science behind it. And I started transforming other people's lives the same way I did mine. And when, when people, what, what also, what drives passion is this, is, um, when you have the sense that you're a part of something bigger than yourself, right? And I'm going to refer to this a lot in, in this interview. So I might as well start this explanation now is, is um, I, I also studied while I was in prison, I studied uh, neurobiology quite a bit. So, it, and it just led to a complete understanding of, of human behavior. And it's much more pervasive than people think. Mm-hmm. So it led to an understanding of human behavior and why people do the things they do and what drives things like passion and motivation and, and, people to do things. So it's called the dose response, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins, uh, the dose response. So okay. when you, when you connect with people and help people and you're a part of something bigger than yourself, that elicits a dose response, mostly dopamine, which is another word for what we call passion or ambition or motivation. That's just the release of dopamine. Mm-hmm. So when I was able to start helping people, transition their bodies and then they showed me respect and admiration and appreciation it elicited a dope uh, dopamine response in me right which drove me to keep going to right. keep doing that right you're getting so, rewarded for the hard work that you're doing precisely yeah precisely yes so and you're going to school for biochemistry yeah okay so so now um wh- when i start developing a passion now for helping other people do this not only my, myself because i'm being rewarded through these dopamine responses and people are really I start becoming like a name in my local city for if you want to, if you want to look good and, you know, beat your own personal records and, and really change your life, then you come to this guy. Mm-hmm. So, so then I started, you know, I've, well, I got to monetize this. Um, so I started, you know, uh, developing sources uh, to, to be able to get it myself and then just sell it to people. It was just a local thing at first. And, um, and it was still the, you know, more people came, more people came. And then, and then pretty soon I was like, uh, so I also became very adept. I'm a social chameleon. I became very adept at, um, uh, at finding, uh, sourcing all these products and, and, you know, befriending the people who, you know, had, you know, were able to get what I needed. And then I was always able to just figure out their supply chain, come up with something better, find a way to bring it to more people. So I found a, a Chinese source that had unheard of low prices and I was able to, to, you know, wrangle that and develop that into, you know, one of the best sources and it turned out to be, as we as we'll find out, one of the best sources in the world for most quality products and, and cheapest prices. Really? Even quality in China? Yeah. Yeah. So, so one of the, you know, one, another one of the myths about China is it's, it's a, you know, it's still a business structure, even though even though they're a communist com- country, like there's still a capitalist quality to the, to the concept that it, yeah. whoever has 
the best quality products at the best prices will prevail, especially when they deal with Americans. So the Chinese, yeah. the Chinese come to Americans. Too. Right. So like when I, you know, I'll get into this later too, but when I finally started became, to become big, all the Chinese powder sources were coming to me and trying, and trying to outcompete the others. Right. And it, but it leads, you know, it led to now I have this, I can pick from the sea of different suppliers and find the best ones. And, um, and, and, you know, find the best ones with the best quality, really test. I did a lot of testing and, and, uh, eventually I can have some of the best quality of any, anyone in the world, you know, among the, the top quality in the world. Other than yourself at the time, where would the average Joe get their hands on this kind of stuff? Was it, I mean, could they get, could you get it from your doctor at the time or? It, yeah, no. And that's, you know, that's part of the, part of the problem, which pushes people into the black market is that, uh, the, the medical community is, you know, d- does not treat low testosterone conditions. Right. So most primary care physicians, uh-huh. just most of them, almost, you know, 95% of them will not prescribe testosterone to somebody, mm-hmm. um, unless they meet certain very, uh, very specific, very low testosterone. You know, if you have medically low testosterone, um, which could present a problem, your testosterone is so low, then sometimes they will prescribe it, but it's the protocols are terrible and it doesn't, it usually doesn't work. So that's why, you know, people now go to TRT clinics. These are, these are testosterone replacement therapy clinics that, okay. that specialize in these hormones and, you know, have a better understanding. A better and when knowledge. did TRT clinics first come on the scene? Probably it, that I, I don't exactly know. I they know weren't around when you were doing when it. When I was doing it, they probably existed, but okay. I didn't, I didn't know that. And they certainly at the time wouldn't have served anybody that was my age because the understanding is getting better today. But at the time it was, oh, you have to be over 40. You have to have a certain low testosterone level. And, and it was a very specific criteria okay. to, to to get you know, which pushed everybody online into these black so market it pushes forms. people into the black market okay that's right to do this un, unhealthily so i mean little little does the did the steroid control act the political figures at the time realize is they're they're creating this mm. underground market they're right. they're they're creating a market silk road that kind of stuff right yeah to, to push people into because there's no healthy way to do it there's no other way to do it and right. when you when you stigmatize and and create laws against something and the people want it a market's going to develop for it. Mm. And, and, and the fact that it's illegal, it just makes it more lu- lucrative. Right. Yeah. And it just incites more crime and puts more people in prison. That's too. precisely correct. What, when, if you destigmatize it, legalized it, warn people of the, of the problems, then there would be no need for a black market. Mm-hmm. It would be safer. It, it generates tons of tax money, just like marijuana is today. The, mm. the tax revenue, it's the same thing happened with alcohol during prohibition. Right. It's the same story over and over again. Like little, you know, what people don't understand is that this has been played out before a few times. Mm-hmm. And, and we're seeing that, you know, that just legalizing these things, but keeping educating. Education is key. Not, mm-hmm. you know, make something illegal. You educate about it. And, uh, you know, it, now alcohol drives tons of tax re- revenue, billions and billions of dollars of tax revenue. People don't mm-hmm. go to prison like they did in the 20s during prohibition. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the same thing with marijuana, driving tons of tax revenue that the prisons are, you know, nobody's going to prison for it anymore. So it's just, it's such a better, I mean, nothing's going to be perfect. Like, yeah. 
you know, abuse of these things, abuse of anything is bad, but the answer is education, not making it illegal. Right. Right. So obviously you were getting tons of education, studying yourself. Um, you were getting a pursuing a degree in biochemistry Mm -hmm. and, uh, people started just coming to you to find out what the best stuff was, even though you weren't, you weren't actually making it yourself. You were just finding sources for, for it from, uh, in China. Yes. And you were just being like a middleman, just, can, just selling it to people. Like is yeah. that how it was working. Yeah. So there's a major market just for a doing the work to find the source yourself and then just having it on hand. Um, you know, your, your local gym goers just, yeah. um, they want to be able to go, give you money for something and get it right away. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so that's what I provided along with the education that I have, the knowledge of, well, if you know, you're looking to do this, this is what you want to do. You know, this is how you want to do it. This is what you want to take. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so that, I mean, that, de- it, that developed into a business. Now I live in a small city, so, so I wasn't making a lot of money. Like I still wasn't making enough to, to support myself on it, but, but it was, you know, enough to, um, I don't know, just provide a little bit of extra revenue. You had another and, job at the time? Well, when I was in college, I just had jobs in the summer. And then I was just a bouncer when I was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, um, and, so then, then I, I actually went to prison for this before this, this last time. So I, I, Oh, you went to prison twice for it. I did. So, <laughs> so I had, I had already been to prison once for this, but the first time was just very minor. It was just like a, um, it, it, you know, I was just a local dealer. I didn't have a lot, so mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't a huge bust. And I didn't go. I only went for a total of like six months, and uh, it was just a local state state bid. So, uh, and that you know, so then when I got out, I mean, there was the problem with I had a felony on my record now, a major felony. I had been in prison, and I couldn't find a job. You know, everything was uh, pretty tough. So, um, I eventually, I just slowly got back into what I knew. The only thing I knew than the way I knew how to do it. Mm-hmm. And then this time I did it on a much bigger, grander scale. How did you do it on a bigger scale? Well, the second time is when I developed the online okay. portion that, you know, when I came back, when I came out of prison the first time. So you were doing this, you created your own website where there are specific like online bodybuilding forms you were plugged into. How did people know about you? How did you build sort of like an online presence that people could trust? Yeah. So I guess, that, yeah, I can, so I can start here about, this is how it started. When I went to prison the first time I had this Chinese source that was fantastic. Right. Um, and you met him how? Um, that's a good question. I was just, uh, it was, it was serendipitous. Okay. Uh, I was just one of my friends who, you know, I was getting getting stuff from various sources, local sources, and you know, finally kind of working through a supply chains. And I had a friend who came, who came and just said, "Hey, you know," he actually went to he went to Cornell, and he said that uh, you know my friend Cornell gave me this, and this you know I've ordered from here before, and the stuff comes; it's incredibly cheap and it's really good. So he just gave me this this guy's email address and said, hey, just email this guy and talk to him. So I did and ordered a few things. And sure enough, it, you know, everything came and it was fantastic. Uh, and this this started that the relationship with that source. And that was that was pretty early, like in 2003 or something, mm. 2002. This is when 
um, when it was hard to get, but okay, it's not hard to get anymore. <laughs> right. And, and uh, part of what, um, part of what, uh, well, we'll go into exactly what led to, led to me becoming so big in the, the creation of that empire. Yeah. So that all happened after you got out of prison the first time, right? Yeah. So, so you got out and you immediately went right back into doing that? Well, not exactly. I, like I had, you know, I, I didn't want to at first. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to go back down that road. Um, so but you were still taking it, right, for yourself? Yeah. When I got out, yeah, it was, you know, I, I started to, f- I felt terrible. You know, it, it's just, uh, my life is so much better when, I, when I'm when i on it, just to improve quality of life. Mm-hmm. Um, is it like a big come down when you have to stop? Because obviously when you go into prison, you can't take it anymore. Yeah. So like what what are the negative effects? What happens when you have to stop like that and completely it, be cut off from it? So you you suffer what's called the symptoms of hypogonadism, which is low testosterone, another word for low, low testosterone. So lack of motivation, fatigue, lethargy, uh, um, libido just goes, you know, just goes way down. Fuck. Um, that sounds terrible. <laughs> well, well, not fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um depression uh your body just doesn't form right so so the the hormone testosterone is responsible for anabolism so and also it's a large part of metabolism too Mm. so your metabolism just changes um when you're when you have when your body isn't in an anabolic mode it goes through a state called catabolism which means that you burn your own muscle mass before you burn fat so now you're just for energy. So now you're just burning muscle mass. You're maintaining fat. So you just get fat. Your stomach gets fat. You, uh, um, and your, your muscles underdevelop and you just, you just look terrible. You look like an old person. Like that's, that's what happens when people age is they, it's right. one of the f- reasons that old people, I mean, there's many reasons, but one of them, the reason they start to form the way they do is because of their testosterone traps. Really? I had no idea that body starts burning muscle and leaving the fat on. That's correct. It's called gluconeogenesis when your body uses your muscle instead of instead of fat uh, instead of your fat stores or the glucose in your blood. So usually, right. usually people operate under the glucose in your blood. When that <clears> runs <throat> out, um, you're, depending on your anabolic state, your body will go right to muscle mass for your next source of energy. Are there, are there certain things you can do with diet to sort of mimic the benefits of? testosterone replacement or any of these types of treatments what's like the closest type of diet you can you can use to replicate it or is there anything that'll even come close there's nothing that will come close but there are yeah there are certain things like if certainly eating healthier uh getting enough protein um and there's there's a concept of um there's a concept of getting getting enough glucose like right after a workout which will spike your insulin which will lead to anabolism. So, so essentially like when you're done working out, um, you're in, uh, if you're still, um, your body is still under, uh, using its own fat stores There's a part, there's a certain time when you're working out, when your body is using your fat stores, depending on your metabolic state and your, Mm -hmm. your hormone levels and everything. So when your body is, and you switch from using the glucose in your blood, probably because you ran out of it, Right, and you start burning fat. And you fat. start burning fat. Your mm-hmm. body goes through, it's, a, it's ketosis. Ketosis, right? right. Ketosis, you start using fat. And when you're using ketosis, your body won't, um, your body, your body won't uh, push, uh, store it, um, glucose as fat at that point when you're going through ketosis, right? 
So there's a point right after your workout when if you actually slam some sugar, you don't want to you still don't want to take too much, but you yeah. slam some sugar, it it releases insulin. And insulin will because it can't push those glucose molecules as fat, which it would normally do because there's you're no using, left, because right? you're using fat. Right. When you're in the state of burning your own fat, your body won't store fat. So it just pushes it right into your muscles, which is why insulin can be very anabolic as well. Okay. So after a workout, it's good to have the insulin. Right. The insulin production can make make all that glucose store into your muscles. Oh, I But there's a window, right? There's a window of opportunity. And, and that's just one of the tricks of of using your own insulin production as an anabolic force. It's okay. like a, yeah, I've had guy, I've had one guy on here who, uh, he, all he, he dedicated his, his life to studying ketosis and the benefits of, uh, ketosis, like on the brain and studying things like neurotoxicity seizures. And, mm-hmm. um, he is a fucking beast. Like he, mm-hmm. he said he would fast for seven days straight yeah. and then deadlift like an ungodly amounts of weight. Mm-hmm. And he, he maintained this incredible physique mm-hmm. and he is a hundred percent keto, mm-hmm. which is, is, seems like it's crazy. It's very rare. It seems for it, people to be keto and, and maintain that kind of physique. You're absolutely correct. And, and, uh, you know, the keto diets, uh, I, it works for some people. Um, I think it doesn't work for more. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's people who are passionate about it. Why? Cause it works for them. It's the same thing that drives all passion, right? It's, it yeah. works for them. Um, they have, they have helped other people in that manner. Therefore they th- become passionate. About it helps it. me think clear, more clearly. Yeah. Yeah. There's, a, there, there are benefits to, uh, to fasting. There certainly are. Um, I, and I think, uh, I think those benefits are only, you know, are relegated to specific, um, specific people in specific conditions. It mm-hmm. depends on what you're trying to do to whether or not fasting would be ideal for you. Mm-hmm. Have you ever messed around with like keto or different types of diets and see how they affect you or do, does, uh, the testosterone and the and the steroid stuff basically completely blow that shit out of the water. <laughs> it does. I have messed around with different diets and, and nothing works like actually just having the correct amount of hormones in your body. Nothing works. Interesting. Like Interesting. Mm-hmm. So when did this business start blowing up for you? Like big okay. time? Yeah. So sorry, we keep getting uh, sidetracked. Um, That's okay. So, okay. So when I went to prison the first time, I had this source. I knew there was something here. I, I also knew that um, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I, you know, I didn't want to put myself in a position to go in prison again. Uh, but I, so what I did is I handed this source off to a friend, to one of my clients at the mm. time. Right? And I said, here, take this source, keep it, keep the relationship with this guy going. When I get out, I don't know what I'm going to do. But if I come back to you and you build something, I want to be a part of it because I gave you the source, right? It was just kind of, I don't know, just like an insurance thing for the future. So I went and I just did a short bid. Um, um, and I got out and it was, uh, I, I mean, it was, it was tough. So now I, now I got, you know, this felony, I just got out of prison. I have an employment gap. Uh, there's, there's nothing I could do. Um, so at this time I moved in with my grandmother. Um, I, uh, I, I couldn't get a job. I, I applied several different places. I couldn't get a job. I, you know, I was all, so I just had this, you know, this time of depression and, and, you know, lack of lethargy fatigue. Um, I ended up going back on, 
back on testosterone myself because in that, you know, that it really improved a lot of things. And at this time, I actually had nothing else to do except work out because I, I couldn't get a job. So, so I actually got into really good shape and I worked, I was working out, I was doing two sessions a day. Um, you know, and, uh, again, it, it kind of did the same thing. Like, so now people start coming back, back to me, like, Hey, uh, help me out. Look at you. Is, you know, help me out. So eventually like I, I couldn't afford anything. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. I had no money, I had no anything. So I, so, you know, I just kind of rationalized it in my own head that mm-hmm. I would, I would just kind of start very small just to be able to support myself doing some things again here and there. And, uh, um, so then one day I, it just kind of got bigger and bigger, it kept driving passion. So now I'm just like, I, I don't know. I'm kind of into it as much as I was before. Mm-hmm. And, um, now, uh, um, one of my customers told me about this online forum that had, it was a source forum. And he said that, you know, essentially they have all these sources that from, you know, these internet sources from all the United States and, you go on here and uh, and um, you can look through all the sources. You look at all these reviews that people have written on them. It's kind of like a Silk Road type of deal, yeah. Except, but it's just for just for steroids. And okay, it, it's it wasn't on the um, it wasn't in the. Uh, I'm having a brain fart. What's it? What's the Silk Road called? The uh, Silk Road. What we mean? What what was it? It's just like uh, a black hat marketplace, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean the. The dark net. That's dark of, net. Actually, yeah, that's, that's a good brain fart. So it wasn't on the dark net. It's on. You know, so people just, weren't buying it with like crypto, or was this before crypto? This is before crypto. Okay. Yeah, I mean, crypto existed, but it wasn't mm-hmm. anything that anybody mm-hmm. really knew about. So, uh, so you know, I I just kind of offhandedly was like, okay, I'll go check it out, or whatever. I I didn't think much of it, but so I went on this thing, and all of a sudden I see that he's right. Like, holy cow, look at all these sources, and you can see all these people commenting, and I'm you know, my business mind just kind of starts going like, Holy cow. So I did some research and I see that, Oh my God, like I can compete with these prices that these guys are, are putting out here and I can still generate, I can still have a decent profit margin because my source was really good. Um, so I start, you know, I, I'm just starting looking in this, like, oh, this is, this is doable. Like I can do this. I can mm-hmm. compete with all these guys on here with their prices. And, um, and you know, it, it, it just, it, it looked very doable. So I started, you know, really, really started researching it and looking into it. And now I had a plan like, okay, I'm going to try this. I'm just going to try it. Um, that is about when the friend that I left my source with came back into my life. It was, it was kind of uh, coincidental that right when I was already about to do this, he comes back, into, hmm. he comes back into my life. So one day he just calls up and he's like, Hey, How's everything going? I'm like, oh, like I haven't seen you since before I went to prison. Like, you know, how how you doing? Like, I'm doing great. I'm almost near your house. Can I stop by? I'm just like, okay, yeah, sure. I was, um, you know, it was it was a little strange, but uh, but sure, it was going to be good to see him. Yeah. So he pulls up in this brand new Hummer, this freaking really decked out Hummer, and he gets out and he's just got this big big smile on his face, and and I'm. So what the heck? You know, this guy wasn't, he wasn't a wealthy guy. Like he wasn't college educated. No, there was nothing. And I'm just like, and he comes out and he grabs this bag out of the back and he goes, he gives me a hug and he's like, how's it going? Uh, okay. So we go into my house and, um, and he's got, so he, he's like opens this bag and it's full of steroids and 
money. <laughs> and he must have $30,000. He's, he's just got like wrapped hundreds. And I'm just like, Jesus, what the hell is going on? Why are you carrying around 30 grand with a, in a bag full of steroids? He's like, I turned that source into a freaking gold mine. <laughs> oh my God. Here's your cut. Well, that, so he did. It's not like he just gave me any money. I didn't even ask for it. But mm. what this did was make me realize that this is possible, right? That, um, that this can drive a lot of money. So, you know, he goes on to explain how he made $900,000 last year that, uh, that he's just got this massive operation where, you know, at the time he was selling all, all different kinds of drugs, but the steroid one was really driving most of his revenue. And, um, what and other kinds of drugs was he selling? Oh, anything. <laughs> just like Coke and yeah. like and legit anything drugs. you wanted. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He had a huge black market operation. And, wow. and I don't, and, and I didn't ask him exactly what he was doing, but he gave me enough hints to, to set the seed mm. for how I could do it. Right. And um, I intentionally didn't want to bring other drugs into this just because, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I was, I was more passionate about right. the steroids at the time. Right. About, and with those kids, about helping people. I was actually yeah. like, um, you know, passionate about helping. People. Yeah. How it can make your life better. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, but, but he set the seed that a, that this was possible and he gave me enough information to understand a structure to put in place, to be able to do this on a massive scale. Mm. Um, and, and he was there for me. Like, so when I started, I didn't even tell him what I was doing. He didn't tell me exactly what he was doing, but he, but every time I would call him to ask him how he took care of this problem, he would tell me, he was like, well, Oh, I ran into this. This is how I, this is how I solved that problem. And he just gave me enough hints to where I could set up a bigger, bigger structure and, and just start, you know, expanding and, and scaling and scaling this operation. Um, so did you guys partner up or no, he showed you how to do it on your own. Yeah. With your source. <laughs> yeah. With my own source. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he took it. And, um, so, so let me, let me go back again now. So, so I met him and, and he set the seed as I said. So, so now I'm like, okay, now I'm definitely going to do this. Like I see it can work. And I, and so I, I get all, I get all ready and I do everything I set up and I bought an extra, from the source, I bought like an extra, uh, uh, you know, an extra order, a larger order than normal just to get ready for in case, you know, in case like a bunch of people bought and, mm -hmm. and I had just my laptop. So I had a duffel bag full of steroids and a laptop and I was going to, I was going to mm -hmm. start this online venture. And, um, so the first thing I did is I went online and I just, I just, I just posted, I just, I, I created this list of all these products I had and, and everything. And I just posted on, on this online forum. Um, that's what everybody else was doing at the time or just before this, you just go on and you just post a list and, and, and people can order if like they a menu. Want. Yeah. Kind of like a, a menu and, um, and people could order if they want, but, uh, um, anyways, uh, when, when I, let me start with this first and I'll go back to that. But, uh, so when I posted this list, uh, well, yeah, it's time to explain. So the, the zeitgeist at the time, right? The ethos of, of the, the black market steroid world was it's steeped in, um, in distrust. Um, there was a lot of fake stuff that was going around in the nineties 
and in the early 2000s. And right. this was because testosterone and its derivatives, steroids, were very hard to get. And they were very expensive. And therefore, that uh, a fake fraudulent market also established where people would just sell fake stuff. And oh, so people were terrified of getting getting fakes or getting mm-hmm. frauds, right? So if you weren't branded, if you didn't, A, sell brand name stuff, and at the time there was only like five or six brands that were ever accepted throughout the entire bodybuilding community or the black market steroid community. And if you didn't have one of those brands, or if you were even a person that no, that had no name, like at the time I didn't, mm-hmm. then people would absolutely not only laugh at you, but come at you with um, antipathy and, and um, hatred and anger. It almost made them angry that somebody would dare try to, somebody with no name would dare try to sell steroids. So when I posted this list, I was laughed at and berated and uh, the mods took my post down. Uh, it, it was only up for like an hour on this forum. Mm-hmm. Oh, so anyways, but this forum, as it turned out, was the largest anabolic steroid source forum in the world. It had like a million unique hits a month, but it, it was worldwide. What was it called? Can I say the name of it? I don't, I don't Why not? Know if, it's like promoting a source. Oh, oh okay. It might, you don't have to. Be, it might, well, I mean, it just might be against the rules of YouTube. Or, no, it's not against the rules of YouTube. I don't, I don't think so. We'll be fine. Okay. But if you don't want to, if you don't want to mention I guess, them, you don't have I guess, to. I guess I don't really care, but it was Eroids. It was called Eroids. Okay. <laughs> you probably just made a lot of people happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, yeah, the largest, it's, and I, it still is as far as I, as far as I know, it's still is it? the largest source forum in the world, but it's worldwide, right? So, it's, right. Um, so there's, I mean, there's just, like I said, a million unique hits a month. There's just ton. The traffic on this is unbelievable. So, but they took your post down because they, they, you weren't like a reputable person. Well, and it wasn't, it wasn't only that because that's what people were doing when I was researching and, and literally in the last few weeks before I posted, they came up with new rules for sources. And one of those, and it was very simple at the time. And I still got lucky because it was still pretty simple to be a source. It's mm-hmm. much more difficult nowadays, probably. Um, but the, I, I just had to have a website, right? So, okay. they, they, and, and for, to them at the time, because one of the reasons was, is people were posting because it was so simple. You just make a post, a menu, and and there was some fraudulent, you know, people were just taking people's money and running. Yeah, it makes sense. If you're running a board like that or you're running any kind of website like that, you got to regulate the, the scam yeah, and the bullshit. Right. So, it makes sense if it's so, your first time they got to bet you and, you know. Yeah. But, but they weren't before that. So I'm saying in the last two weeks since I posted, it was when they established the first rule. And this was just mm. the first level. And they're saying, no, you have to have a website because we feel if you go through the pain, because at the time websites weren't as easy to make as they were, or at least not for me. I didn't, I had no idea mm-hmm. about it. What year was this? 2011. Okay. So, I mean, people could make websites at the time, but, um, but it wasn't as prevalent as it is now. And right. And at least I didn't know any, anything about right. it. So to me, that was almost like prohibitive. Like, oh, I can't do this now. I, I don't know how to make a website. I don't know how to do that. So, um, but they were just saying, you just need a website. And that shows us that you're serious enough. If you go through the difficulty of the process of creating a website, that shows us you're serious enough to at least, there's a good chance that you're for real, that you're legitimate. Um, so and I didn't know how to do that. Uh, 
Uh, and so like, I, this is the first employee that I had as I, I, one of my friends did. I, I actually just kind of, I thought that was it. But I was like, okay, well, I can't do this. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, then like, I got thinking, I'm like, you know, I have this friend of mine. He knows, uh, and he was one of my customers. So he knows, he knows about how to make websites. He's, he's really good with this. So, so I just broached it with him. He's like, yeah, I can make a website. <laughs> um, so, so let me take, let me go on that later but let me tell you what happened with the post that i made so this is where it started so post that got taken down the post that got taken down and it, it, it was only up for an hour well i got three emails from that of three guys who were said hey i saw your post for that hour i'm interested but you know we can't risk the fraud the potential fraud and and uh two of these guys were so this forum has um they like uh Let's see. They give people a point scale, right? And if you amass these points or aggregate, accrue these points, mm-hmm. it means that you're more respected in the society. You know, right. for giving good information, yeah, trustworthy. you get points. Right, right. You're more trustworthy. So a couple of these guys were very respected members of this online community, and people just listen to them, and they just, you know, they spend a lot of time on there. They and they have a lot of trust, and two of these guys had a lot of that. So. <clears throat> They were like, well, we can't do this. Why don't you just send us something and, um, you know, and, and then we'll post about it. You know, if, if everything's real and everything goes well, you know, we'll, we'll post about it. And at the time, in retrospect, I shouldn't have been so reticent to do this because it's what ended up working. But um, I was just like, really, I don't want to give something away for free, you know. And that, that's the mentality that, that you know. Business, people in business shouldn't do. If you have a good product, you should just get it out there. Be worried about getting it out yeah, there. Yeah. Not about it's not about profit in the beginning. Right. Long term goals should be should be yeah. profit, but that's only after you've established a brand and mm-hmm. established. And that's what I needed to do. And and I was reticent to do that. So I just asked all these guys to, okay, when you receive it, once you see everything's good, then will you pay me? And they were like, Yeah, yeah, sure, we'll do that. <laughs> so I sent these three three ambassadors, I call them. Right. The original ambassadors. Um, their the orders that they wanted, and um, these guys like post pictures of themselves to make them like the people like just respect them not only because they've been on the forum for a long time, but because they like see pictures of them. It's like, oh, I want to look like that guy. It, that's part of it. That's okay. that is a part of it. But it's more about it's more about they just create value on the on the community okay. in the forum information the information and you know they've led people to good sources before so everybody knows if you go to this guy you're going to get the latest greatest information on all the best sources because he, they do things like they did with me they go check out all the sources okay. and then and then kind of update everybody on who's who's doing the best job right now so um so i remember uh yeah so, so these ambassadors went at the so at the time i i was able to get a job finally in an emergency room, in an emergency room. Um, so I did work at the hospital. I had just gotten a job at the hospital. And uh, um, I, so I, I remember, now you, you know, at first I would check these emails, this business email from the hospital. Um, I worked a lot. <laughs> so I would just kind of check from the hospital. And, uh, and I remember um, also one day I was in the hospital and I checked out and these guys I saw, I went to my, uh, to this store, this forum where I was a member and all of a sudden I had a bunch of private messages and, and, and that never happened. I didn't know what was going on. So all of a sudden I went and I checked the messages and, and, uh, Hey, it was, uh, this guy's name was, uh, 
he, he called himself sicko on there. Uh, it was like C Y C O. That was his handle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he said, uh, uh, sicko sent me, he said, you have some good stuff. Hey, give me your list. I want to order. And I had like five, six, and then just kept going messages. Like, Holy cow. Like, no, so, and then I, what is this coming from? Like, what happened? I saw that he did, he posted it. He posted a picture of my gear, said that he started taking it, said that he started feeling it. And so did the other guy. So now all of a sudden there's people just coming to my PM. Um, these guys sent them and, uh, and this is when it started. And this was just from an hour post. 